All right, all right, here we go. Matthew chapter 6, I just want to spend a few minutes here and let's, let's talk from the subject, don't worry about it. Can you just say that with me? Don't worry about it. Maybe you need to say it with a little attitude, a little grit. Don't worry about it. Jesus has got a lot to say right here about worry and our attitude and our frame of mind. Matthew 6, let's start in verse number 24. Uh, we'll be there in just a moment. Here's just some quotes about worrying. Corey Tim Boom said something that was really profound. He said, worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days at once. It's, it's moving into tomorrow to tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. A lot of truth in that, isn't it? Here's another quote. You probably wouldn't worry about what people think of you if you would know how seldom they actually do. <laughs> isn't that true? Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, Sorrow looks back, worry looks around, and faith looks up. I like that. And here's the last one. Worry is a misuse of the imagination that God gave you. How about that? How about that? Well, let's, let's see this. Jesus wants you and I to be free. That goes in every area of our life, but especially in our minds as well, because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So a lot of that freedom needs to be in our thought life, in our minds. Jesus paid a high price, actually the highest price that he possibly could pay to help you and I live in freedom. And this freedom extends to our minds. Jesus wants your mind free from worry and full of faith. That's why he wants your mind. He wants you full of peace. He wants you full of joy. And he wants you full of faith. In this passage we're about to read, Jesus gives us some great advice. And when we're listening to Jesus, it's heaven talking to us. It's heaven, heaven talking to us about how we should live on this earth. It's, it's the smartest man that's ever lived, if we can call him that. Jesus is the smartest man that's ever lived. And he has advice to give us concerning our worry and our thought life and how we think and perceive things. Jesus gives us here wisdom and instruction as to why we should never ever worry. Now here's the premise and we're going, we're going to look at this premise and we're going to build it, build it out from what Jesus says and then we're going to come back to it at the end. The idea is this, that living in the kingdom of God under the watchful care of the Father, Son, and Spirit is a perfectly safe place for you to be. Okay, let me say this one more time. Living in the kingdom of God under the watchful care of the Father, Son, and Spirit is a perfectly safe place for you and I to be. You believe that? All right. Amen. Amen. Now let's, let's read and see what Jesus has to say right here. Starting in verse 24 and we're going to stop, read a little bit, stop, read a little bit, stop. Jesus says this, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, that's an interesting word, that word mammon right there. It simply means riches or wealth or money or property and possessions. It's just our stuff, you know. Jesus says that you can't serve two masters. You will either serve one and hate the other or hate one and serve the other. It just doesn't cut. You can't have loyalties divided in your life. He says you cannot serve God and, let's just say money, God and wealth. Now, isn't it interesting that he didn't say you can't serve God and the devil? That's what I thought he would say. When you, you can't serve God and the devil, but he, he, he says there's something else that's at play in this world system that we live in that is actually trying to uh, uh, capture your allegiance and has captured the allegiance of millions and millions of people, rich and poor. It's a master called 
money. It's a master called riches. It's a master called wealth. And those who have it, serve it. Those who want to have it, oftentimes serve it as well. You can't serve God and mammon. Generosity will help break this, the, the master relationship that mammon and money and possessions try to put on top of us. The God of the Bible is the only master that will set you free if you serve him. You hear that? The God of the Bible that Jesus comes to proclaim to us is the only master that if you serve him, he'll set you free. All other masters promise you freedom, but they always lead you into bondage. Jesus says that a life with any other master other than God is going to produce fear, it's going to produce worry, and all kinds of insecurity in us. All right? That's the God and mammon thing. So he says, because of this, if, if God is your master, therefore I say to you in verse 25, Jesus says to us, do not worry about your life. Say that with me. Do not worry about your life. Can you look at the car next to you and tell it to them? Can you tell them? Say, do not worry about your life. You can tell me, Miss Linda. <laughs> Do not worry about your life. Now, that's profound, isn't it? And, and our mind instantly goes, we just kind of stutter over that, don't we? Do not worry about your life. And Jesus says, he explains, he says, don't worry about what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now, the idea of worry is to, to be anxious, is to have, have your mind preoccupied with something uh, that's before you. A desire, a need, or a possibility, an idea, a thought, whatever it might be, is to have your mind fixed on something other than God. Worry makes us anxious. It produces a lot of anxiety in us. Jesus asked us a question. This is a philosophical question. It's a profound question. Now think about this. The question is this. Is not your life more than hamburgers and hot dogs, chicken and steak, crawfish, yeah, I got to throw that in around here, right? <laughs> is not your life more than food? And isn't your body just more than the clothes that you wear? Huh. Now, that, that, that's worthy of a lot of pondering. That's worthy of a lot of thought. Is, is, our life, is, is it just that we're, we're organizing our life around what we eat and what we wear and what, how we look and all those kind of things? We know our, our world is eat up with that, isn't it? It's, it's eat up. I mean, they, they, they can't get past the whole idea. But Jesus says, isn't, isn't life more than that? Now, our body's important. It's extremely important. We need to take care of it. We got to feed it. We need to clothe it. We don't want to see all that. You know what I'm talking about? But life is more than that. I mean, there's love and there's peace and there's relationships and there's all kinds of other things to tend to. But Jesus is getting at if we're so preoccupied with just the personal care of our own self, whatever that might be. You're going to miss out on what life really is all about. Hmm. And I know a lot of people trying to have a life they never live, you know. So Jesus then begins to tell us why there is no need to worry. Just cover a few things here. First thing is worry is unnecessary. Say that with me. Worry is unnecessary. In verse 26, he says this. He says, look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And here's another question Jesus asked. Are you not of more value than they? Hmm. So look at the birds. I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but there just seems to be more birds these days. Have you noticed that? You get outside, everything else is quieted down so much that we're just able to see and hear. 
I come out on my porch out here early in the morning about sunrise, something like that. And I sit there and it, this whole area is just echoing like it's a bird sanctuary. No kidding. If you don't believe it, come out, sit with me, have a cup of coffee and we'll talk about it. Jesus says there, there's a testimony right around us. There's a message right around us. Just look at the birds. Worry is absolutely unnecessary. They, they fly from post to post, tree to tree, get what they need, move on with their life, enjoy themselves. Just no stress. No stress. Worry is totally unnecessary to a bird, right? And Jesus says, are you not more valuable than the birds? Now, can't we at least have bird faith? I mean, God created us for stronger faith than that, but, but can't we just at least have bird faith where we just believe that God's going to take care of us? God's going, 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 he's going to provide from one day to the next. That's what Jesus is saying. They, they don't stress about what's going to happen next Thursday or next Friday or what's going to be done on, for Thanksgiving and all that. Kind. They, don't, they don't stress about all that kind of stuff. They just they live their life in view of God taking care of them. And Jesus said, and that's how the birds live. And God put that in them. Aren't we more valuable than they? I, I guess in translation, Jesus would, would be saying to us, if he takes care of the birds like that, how much more would he take care of you, the crown of his creation, the one that he gave his son to die for? How much more would he take care of you? Jesus is telling us that God will provide and care for us. He'll care for you on whatever level you need it. So there's a message from God every single day. It wakes up with you in the morning, goes to bed with you at night. There's a message from God flying right over our heads. Jesus said, consider, think about. I hear him right now. Did you hear him? That bird just said, amen. Did you hear that? <laughs> I hear him. I hear him talking. Listen, that, that's, that's my message. Thank you, Lord, for that. That's good. Hear him. Oh, there's one right there. Well, that's a buzzard. I don't know if they count. <laughs> I need to move around a little bit. There's a buzzard swarm flying over there. <laughs> Listen to them. They, they're just telling us, God's going to take care of us. My little mockingbird right there. Here. Did you hear it? Mm-hmm. Second thing Jesus teaches us is that worry is unprofitable. It, it doesn't really ever amount to anything. We, we, we know this, but it's still such a struggle for us. But worry never really produces any good fruit. At all. It's unprofitable. Jesus says this in verse 27. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit, or even one inch, we, we might say, or a cubit is like from here to here? How, how could, can you add that to your stature? Could you add 16, 18 inches to your height? Now imagine this. This is kind of comical. But imagine this. Somebody standing in front of a mirror saying to themselves, Grow. 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 I mean, maybe even said, In Jesus' name, Grow. Is that going to happen? I think that's what he's saying. If you worry about trying to add to your stature, your height, in my case, I'm trying to take away from my stature, but that's another thing. That, that would be just as foolish as somebody standing in front of a mirror commanding themselves to grow. It's just not going to happen. We don't have that power. And Jesus says, you can't do anything. You can't profit anything. Worry never adds to your life. It only subtracts. It only takes away. It's part of that work of the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It never adds. It's unprofitable. Jesus is teaching us, put your life in God's hands. Don't try to control everything. 
Because the more you try to control life, the more life spins out of control. And maybe not even just life, the more your mind spins out of control. You know what I'm talking about. Worry is unprofitable. Pick it up in verse number 28. Jesus teaches us that worry is unreasonable. It's unreasonable. It's unnecessary. It's unprofitable. It's unreasonable. Verse 28, he says, so why do you worry about clothing? He keeps asking us these questions, right? So why are you worried about what you're going to wear? Or maybe we'd say it like this. So why do you worry so much about how you look? Hmm. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Worry is unreasonable. Look at the lilies. Look at the flowers all around us. We have some over there. We get, I have some on my front porch. You probably have the same at your house. Maybe some plants and things of that nature. They're sending a message to, you, to us right at our feet. So, so listen to God's mercy and grace over us so that we don't lose heart. He sends messages to us if we're looking up in the sky. We can look up. He's got the birds there. We look down. He's got the grass and the flowers and the plants. They're all sending us a message that, hey, God takes care of me. He'll take care of you. Worry is unreasonable because of who your heavenly father is. As he is the creator of the flowers and the birds and all of creation, he is the creator of all things good and beautiful. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. So it actually is absolutely unreasonable for you to worry. I think about Lily growing up, you know, she never really worried about milk in the refrigerator. You know what she did? She just went in there when she wanted milk. Guess what she did? She just went in there and got it. And she kind of expected milk to be in there. Anybody got kids like that? They just kind of expect it to be there. Why? Why? Because they know that you lo love them. They know that you're going to care for them. Now, if by some chance there was no milk in the refrigerator, guess what she would do? Daddy, we don't have any milk. And then what does she expect me to do? She expects me to get it. Now that's kind of the simple kind of faith, like that childlike faith that God wants us to live with. If we need something, we ask Him. He's going to be good and gracious to provide those things that we absolutely need. He's our creator of all things good and beautiful, and He loves us. He loves us. Now He says, look at all these lilies. You've got a lily you can look at every day, don't you? <laughs> look at all these flowers all around us. It says Solomon. You know, Solomon, who was, who was the, the, the most decked out person that ever could live, whoever was. I mean, he was maybe the wealthiest person that's ever been on the planet. Certainly the most wealthy person that's ever been in the Bible. He was great. Decked out in all his finest and his best. He looked sharp. I mean, people come from all over the world to see Solomon, to hear him, and to see what he had. He had it all together as far as that world system goes. There was nothing that he did not have. Okay. Solomon didn't have CDs. He brought Michael Jackson in and gave him a place to live in his house so he could sing to him all the time. You know what I'm talking about? That's the kind of wealth Solomon had. He had everything that anybody could ever, ever imagine. You read some of his accounts of his life. If he wanted something built, he had the finest of architecture. If he wanted something landscaped, he had the finest of gardens. If he wanted something, anything, jewels, any kind of riches, anything you can imagine, Solomon said, I tried my hand at everything. And I'm telling you, if you walked up on Solomon, you'd say, that boy's got it going on. He's got it together. 
And here where Jesus comes and he says, yes, Solomon at his greatest and best was wonderful. But he didn't have nothing on these little flowers that God made. That his beauty and majesty and loveliness was nothing compared to one of these lilies, one of these flowers. Hmm. So as God takes care of the flowers, he'll take care of us. Worry is just simply unreasonable because of who our father is. So verse 30 asks us the question. If God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, it's just even temporary. Even as beautiful and majestic as it is, it's temporary. You're not. You're not. You're not temporary at all. You're going to live forever. This is actually the shortest part of your life that you're living right now. <laughs> so if God takes care of those things that are temporary and makes them so beautiful, it says, will he not much more clothe you and take care of you? And then Jesus says this, almost to correct us, to say, oh, you have little faith. Oh, you have little faith. And Jesus is encouraging us to have big faith and not just this little faith. Because, see, big faith fights off worry. That's what we need. Amen. Amen. And the last thing is, is that worry is unwise. Worry is just simply unwise. Because of what our future holds. Have you ever stopped to think about our future? Um, maybe five, ten years from now. But I'm, I'm thinking a little bit further on down the road. The future that God has planned for you. Have you thought about that lately? It, it just kind of sets us at ease when we start thinking about the future God has for us. He's got a glorious future planned for you. For, for the rest of your days, He's got a glorious future. But also for the rest of forever for you. The future God has promised you is absolutely glorious you think about that you think about our future in heaven and you think about when the kingdom comes from heaven to earth and all the majesty and wonder that's going to be when jesus rules and reigns upon the earth you think about the future that's been mapped out for us and planned in god's heart he holds all of your tomorrows and all of your forever in his hands he's got something mapped out exactly for you and it just simply is unwise for us to worry about the future because what god has planned for us is good. You see, worry imagines a bad future. Faith imagines a glorious future. So your, your imagination is there. Worry can control it. And it'll always go to the to the what ifs, the shoulda, coulda, woulda, the bad stuff, you know. Or your imagination can be dominated by faith. I, I recommend you do that. I, I recommend you do some exercises in your imagination. You know, some of us have gotten so old that, that we, we, just, we just let that part of us go. But you know what? You can't even imagine God without your imagination. You can't even think about God without your imagination because he's so far beyond your reason. You, he gave you that imagination so you could think about how glorious he is, how wonderful, how huge he is. How did he do all this? How did he make these trees and all of these? How did, how, see, that was God's idea. How did he do that? That was out of his imagination. And we use our imagination to access him. That's called faith. You got it? Shake your head like this. You good? Can I see you? All right. Faith imagines a glorious future. So don't worry. Don't worry about it. Jesus says, do this instead. Let's wrap it up with this. Do this instead. He said, don't worry about this saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. Those, the people that don't know God, they, they seek after all that stuff. For your heavenly Father knows what you, that you need all these things. Instead, you do this. 
Verse 33. It's one of my favorite passages in all the Bible that come out of the lips of Jesus. It says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things, all those things we're worried about, shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Don't worry about it. It's unnecessary. It's unprofitable. It's unreasonable. It's unwise. But instead, instead do this. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, what in the world does that mean? That, that sounds like a nice church phrase. But what does it mean if you seek after something? Okay. If you lost your car keys, what, what, would, what would you do? You would seek. You know, we don't use that word in our vernacular very much. We, what we, we would search for it. We'd look for it, right? And we'd look over our whole house. We'd look in between the cushions. We'd look in our, our, you know, your purse, ladies. You'd look all over the place. You'd look in your car. You'd do whatever you could to find those keys. You'd search for it, right? You'd look. Jesus says, Here, here's a real cure for worry. Is that you look for the kingdom of God everywhere you go. In every moment of your life. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean to look for the kingdom of God? Is there, is there going to be a physical kingdom that I can see? Well, think of the kingdom of God like this. It's God at work. It's God ruling and reigning. God doing his God stuff. God working. Okay. So if we think of the kingdom like Jesus did. Jesus said the kingdom has come to you. What did that? Well, the rule of God has come. So when the rule of God came, sickness couldn't live there. Sin couldn't live there. Chaos couldn't live there because God was there. Okay. So think of it as God at work. That's what Jesus taught us. Think of the kingdom as God at work. So now, listen, we need to be a people who are not mindful of those other things that we just talked about and probably a thousand others. We need to be a people who, when we wake up, we look for what God's doing. We get involved with him. And I promise you, beloved, if you begin to search for God at work, maybe it's somebody's life, maybe it's a family member's life, Maybe it's uh, on the job. Maybe it's somewhere else. Uh, maybe it's just in your children. Maybe it's just even in yourself. If you begin to look for what God is doing, you'll become at peace. Why? Well, because he's always working. He's always working. Find out what he's doing. Search for it. Seek it out. Hey, when, when you go over to somebody's house, maybe pray before. Lord, show me what you're doing in their life so I can just help you with it. I can just partner with you in it. I can be a blessing to them somehow, some way. Find something good and then do it. Seek first his kingdom. That's the first priority of our life. That's our vocation. Seek first. Look for what God's doing. Look all around. Look, search high and low. It's going to be a little bit of a task. It's, sometimes it's, it's a little bit hidden sometimes. It's the glory of kings to hide a matter. And it's, it's the glory of, of, of kings to search it out. It's the glory of God to, to conceal a matter. It's the honor of kings to search it out. It's our honor to search this out. What, do, what are you doing, Lord? Let, let me be, be a part of this. Let me be a part. And what you're going to see is your anxieties just kind of go. Because see, now all of a sudden, life's not about you. Life's about him. See the difference? And we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. righteousness that's simply just the right way to do things. Lord, how, what's the right way to do this? And he said, and you're going to find out that all the other needs that you have, God's going to take care of it. I, I kind of hear Jesus saying this. You take care of God's business. 
and God will take care of your business. You take care of God's business, you can live at rest. You can live in peace. Don't worry about it. So we've got a lot of stuff going on in our lives right now. A lot of things to worry. Some, some have lost jobs. You know, some are under threat of losing jobs. There's all kinds of talk everywhere you go about layoffs and all those kind of things. We're hoping things get kicked off again, but, but you know, that's, that's all still swirling. And if you watch the news, you know how they keep you hooked and baited? You know how they do it? Keep you worrying. Keep you in fear. That's how they hook you and they bait you. They keep you coming back. And they say things like, there's a possibility of another 100,000 to die over the next two years. Uh, you don't hear the word possibility. All you hear is, more people are going to die. And it strikes your spirit and you, you, you worry. You know what I'm talking about? That's, that's how the world keeps us hooked in. It's through worry and fear. Jesus said, what I want you to do is hear what I'm saying. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers. Let your faith grow. Don't live off a of little faith. Live off a of great faith. Believe that God is going to take care of us. I mean, you believe that? A lot of talk about death, you know? Lots of talk about that going on. I mean, more, we've heard more about death in the last 30 days than we have in all our lifetime put together. You know that? But let me tell you something. We need to be wise, certainly. We're, we're going to obey the laws the best we can. We need to be wise. Don't get me wrong. But we don't have to live in fear. You hear me? I, I live with this confidence. I've been all over the Middle East. I've been in places where Christians are persecuted very strongly. And I've had to live my life like this. And I've, I've had some very close calls with, with all kinds of crazy stuff and stuff that we could write books about. Or at least have a cup of coffee over anyway. Talk about. I had some lot, a lot of close calls. But I've had to learn to live with this idea. Now think about this. Because God's got my today. He's got my tomorrow. He's got my whole future mapped out. He's got it planned. I got confidence in him. And in light of this COVID-19, in light of everything God calls us to do, you've got to live your life according to this truth. That you cannot die as a believer in Jesus. You cannot die until God says it's time. I've got confidence in that. I've got confidence in that. Been in some real difficult, strange places. How could I do that? How, why, why did I do it? Why did Paul do it? Why did the early church do all that kind of stuff and even put themselves at harm's way? Because they live with the confidence that there's no devil in hell, there's no death, there's no virus, there's no nothing that can take me out until God says it's my time. I live with that confidence. I don't want that to turn into arrogance where I'm not, not wise. But I live with such a faith and confidence that my life is secure in his hands. I want you to do that. That doesn't make you reckless. That makes you strong. You hear me? Don't worry about it. Be wise. But don't worry about it. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for your insight about this life. Thank you for your counsel. Thank you for your words. And Lord, may they be more than just words in the Bible. May they just be more than words that's coming forth from my lips, Lord. May they be the very words of heaven that absolutely show us that there is a better way to live. Jesus, you truly are the way. You're showing us part of the way to live right now. Thank you. And Lord, I pray we don't miss our messengers, the birds, 
I hear them. We don't miss our messengers in the flowers and the lilies and all those kind of things, Lord. You're proclaiming this to us, that you're going to take care of us. You've got us. You've got us. And Lord, I pray you'd help us to become more mindful of your work. I'm just reminded, Jesus, that you, you said that back when you were just young. You said, I must be about my father's business. I believe that's what you're saying here again. Help us to be about your business so that we can be freed from the bondage that's always trying to grab a hold of us and live this life in your joy and your peace as you designed. Thank you, Lord. Free us from worry. Fill us with faith. In the name of Jesus, the one who paid the price for us to live in peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, we pray. Amen. Amen.